and welcome to episode 34 of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. My name is Molly and today I have three questions about the moon. Did you know that tomorrow, July the 20th, will mark the 50th anniversary of when man first landed on the moon? Tranquility Base here. The eagle has landed. Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin and Mike Collins made it all the way up to the moon. Mike Collins stayed inside the command module, which you can read all about in my book, Wonders of the World's Museums, and Neil Armstrong and Buzz headed down to the moon. Neil Armstrong became the first person in the history of the world to walk on the moon, followed shortly by Buzz. As he walked onto the moon, Neil Armstrong said, that's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. That's one small step for man. One giant leap for mankind. I saw the boot he was wearing in the Smithsonian Museum in Washington, D.C. and wrote about it in my book, The Secret Museum, if you want to know more. The inner boot has a circle of Velcro on the bottom to stick himself down to the module in zero gravity so that he could talk to people back on Earth without floating around. To celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Apollo 11 moon landing 50 years ago, we're going to answer questions sent into everything under the sun about the moon and astronauts. Our first question comes from Wilbur. Over to Wilbur. Hi Molly, my name's Wilbur. I'm four years old. And why does the moon come out in the daytime? Well, thanks for your great question, Wilbur. To answer it, I have Professor Sarah Russell, who is a planetary scientist at the Natural History Museum in London and knows all about the moon. Here she is. Hello, Wilbur. What a great question. My name is Professor Sarah Russell and I'm a planetary scientist at the Natural History Museum. I'm happy to try and answer. We think of the sun as being a daytime thing and the moon as being a nighttime thing, don't we? And definitely in the daytime, the sun is always in the sky somewhere, even if it's behind some clouds. But the moon can actually be around in the daytime or the nighttime. The moon goes around and around the Earth once every 28 days. For some of that 28 days, it's on the side of the Earth that's towards the Sun. At that time, we can see it in the daytime. For other parts of its circle around the Earth, it's on the other side, away from the Sun, and that's when we see it during the nighttime. Have you ever seen the Moon during the daytime? When the Moon's in the sky then, it can be really hard to see it unless you've got very good eyes, because the Sun is so bright. But at nighttime, the Moon can be the brightest thing in the whole sky. That's why we think of it as a nighttime thing, even though it can be there any time of day. I hope that answers your question, Wilbur. Thanks for your brilliant answer, Professor Sarah Russell. Isn't that interesting that even though we think of the moon as being something that comes out at night when it's time to go to bed, it can actually be there any time of the day, at the same time as the sun. I hope that answers your question, Wilbur. Now, at the Natural History Museum in London, where Professor Sarah Russell works, they currently have a huge moon called Museum of the Moon, made by an artist called Luke Jerram. It's free to visit and I've been to see it and I really loved it. You can get up close to the moon and see exactly what it looks like all over the surface. Ooh. 
This moon is six meters in size, so a lot smaller than the moon, but it's a perfect copy made using photographs by NASA of the moon's surface. So you can really see all of the craters and exactly what it looks like. It's at the museum to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Apollo 11 when man first landed on the moon. There are going to be lots of events planned around the moon at the museum, one of which is a fun session of family yoga. There's going to be five sessions in August where you can go and do yoga with your family under the moon. If you would like to win two tickets, one adult and one child, do yoga under the moon, then the Natural History Museum has given us some tickets to win. The sessions are in August, as I said, so if you're going to be around in August, please do enter and you could do yoga under the moon. All you need to do is tell me what you think the moon smells like. Just imagine getting out to the moon. What do you think it smells like up there? I happen to know the answer, but I wonder who else does. If you do, or you want to look it up, just have a look and then send me your competition entry. Just ask an adult to record you using their phone or computer saying your name, your age, and what you think the moon smells like. And email it into me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk and you could be doing yoga under the moon at the Natural History Museum. That sounds really fun. Good luck, everyone. And now it's time for our next question, which comes from Tommaso. Hello, my name is Tommaso and I like football. And my question is, why haven't people been to the moon since Apollo 17? Hi Tomazo, thanks for your great question. Well, altogether, 12 astronauts have walked on the surface of the moon between 1969 and 1972 as part of the Apollo missions. Their footprints are still there and they will last for hundreds of years. As well as their footprints, they left behind six vehicles used for driving on the moon and other things including golf balls, tools like hammers, some kit and rubbish like empty food bags, a blanket and a camera. They also left medals given to two Russian cosmonauts and a tiny capsule with recordings of messages from four American presidents and 73 heads of state written in microscopic letters, just in case anyone should ever want to read messages from Earth. Stuart Russa of Apollo 14 took boxes of seeds from lots of different trees to the moon. When he came back to the Earth, they were given around as gifts to different places around the world and planted in the ground. These are now called moon trees. The idea was to see if they grew any differently to trees on Earth now that they've been to the moon, but actually they grow exactly the same. So why, after all this, did the trips to the moon stop with Apollo 17? The last time a human walked on the moon was in 1972 when Eugene Cernan went to the moon. As he left, he said, The American challenge of today has forged man's destiny of tomorrow. And as we leave the moon and Taurus Littrell, we leave as we came, and God willing, as we shall return with peace and hope for all mankind. Godspeed the crew of Apollo 17. America's challenge of today has forged man's destiny of tomorrow. As we leave the moon and Taurus Litro, we leave as we came. And, God willing, we shall return with peace and hope for all mankind. After Apollo 17, NASA stopped the Apollo program. Why did they do that? Well, it's because it cost an absolute fortune. And the challenge had been to get to the moon, and they had been successful in that. Once it had been done a few times, the public started to lose interest in sending more people there. 
especially as it was a very dangerous job really to get to the moon and back in one piece. NASA didn't have the budget to keep going and decided to explore other ideas instead. However, now it's 50 years since man first landed on the moon, and that means a lot of us alive today have never seen anyone land on the moon, so NASA is preparing to return. The next adventure to the moon is set to happen in the 2020s according to NASA, so it's coming quite soon. The idea is to leave a command module called Gateway up there, circling the moon, so the astronauts will be able to more easily get onto the moon lots of times and then use the moon as a stepping stone to blast off further into space and work out how to land humans on Mars. Parts of Gateway are already being built and the idea is that most of it will be put together in space. I hope that answers your question, Tomaso. If you have a question you would like answered on the show or in the Everything Under the Sun book, all you have to do is ask an adult to record you asking it and ask them to send it in to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. And now for our third question, which is about astronauts and how they see, and it comes from Felix. Hi, Felix. My name's Felix and I... And, I, and, and I'm from three quarters, and I, and I live in London, <laughs> like knights and castles and superheroes. My question is, how do astronauts see in the dark? Hi Felix, thanks for your great question. To answer it, here is Professor Sarah Russell from the Natural History Museum again. Hello Felix, what a lovely question. My name's Sarah Russell. I'm a planetary scientist at the Natural History Museum and I'll try and answer this. When you see photographs of astronauts out in space, it always looks completely black, doesn't it? And you might wonder how the astronauts can see. But actually, there's loads of light in space. And certainly around the Earth and Moon where astronauts have visited, the Sun is a super bright light. On Earth, the Sun's light gets bounced around in the air and makes everywhere around us, wherever we look, look bright during the daytime. In space, it doesn't bounce around, so the background always looks dark. But still, the sun is there like a super powerful beam making everything really bright. In fact, astronauts often have to wear sunglasses made out of gold to protect their eyes from the dazzling light. Of course, at night time, when the space station is behind the Earth and can't see the sun, it's much darker, although the stars still look very bright, much brighter than they look from the surface of the Earth. When it's nighttime and not enough moonlight or starlight to see by, the astronauts might have to use an artificial light, like a torch. I hope that answers your question, Felix. Thanks so much, Professor Sarah, for your brilliant answer. I love that space is full of light and astronauts wear sunglasses made of gold to look after their eyes in the daytime out in space. I hope that answers your question, Felix. Right, that's it for this week. Don't forget to tell me what you think the moon smells like so you can win two tickets to do family yoga under the Museum of the Moon at the Natural History Museum this August. A huge thank you to Professor Sarah Russell for telling us all about the moon and how astronauts see in the dark. To the Natural History Museum in London for tickets to family yoga at the moon. And of course to Tommaso, Felix and Wilbur for this week's lovely questions. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and Audio Networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. I'll be back next week answering more questions from children around the world in another episode of Everything Under the Sun. Please send in your questions. There's info about how to do that on the show's website, everythingunderthesun.co.uk. 
And remember, I'm busy writing a book, so if you send your questions in quickly, they'll be in the book too. If you like the show, please do rate, review and subscribe and tell all your friends to do the same. Don't forget to look up at the moon at night, especially tomorrow, and imagine what it was like for the Apollo astronauts to visit the moon and take those first steps onto the moon. Thank you and goodbye. Thank <laughs> you.